If you've been dreaming of changing the world, but you're not sure where to start, the Add Value to Entrepreneurs podcast will help you transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. This podcast is for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it, and it is possible. It's time for you to add value. Our guest today is Jeremy Williams. Jeremy is the owner of Red Hawk Coaching, a company that provides business coaching for real estate agents, brokers, and small business owners. A graduate of Texas A&M University, along with his wife, Lori, reside in Kingwood, Texas with their two children, Emma and Logan, and two dogs, Stella Gumbo and Bailey. Jeremy Williams and I discuss how personal and business development is simple, but not easy. He shares the principle he teaches in his new book, Survive, Scale, and Soar, Building the Life and Business You Deserve. Jeremy coaches us to deal with those limiting beliefs that hold us back. But Jeremy, thank you so much for uh, jumping in the podcast schedule, and I'm just looking forward to a great conversation. Uh, Robert, I appreciate the invite and uh, look forward to being able to help your audience uh, today with with wherever we go with the conversation. So I'm ready to jump in. Nice. So obviously the quickest way is just tell us about your entrepreneurial journey. How, where, where you, where you abandoned and <laughs> what you started for yourself? Yeah. You know, my entrepreneur journey actually goes back to uh, my, my dad was an entrepreneur. Uh, he owned a plumbing business for just over 40 years and, mm -hmm. and recently retired. Uh, my grand, his, his parents, my grandparents uh, were business owners. Uh, they had an antique shop in Wimberley, Texas uh, that they ran after you know, spending several years in public service and school districts here in the Pasadena, Texas area, moved to the Hill Country and launched that. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've kind of been around uh, a family of entrepreneurs. And uh, 2001, I graduated from Texas A&M University. I was all excited about a nonprofit job with the YMCA, did that for about two years, uh, had a real estate agent that came along and helped my wife and I buy our first home. And he goes, you know what? You'd make a great real estate agent. And, you know, I'd, I'd had some family members that have, have dabbled in real estate on the personal investment side. And I was like, you know what? Let's, let's give this a shot. So I put in my two weeks notice and uh, or actually two months notice and then jumped off the cliff and went right into real estate. And that was truly my first experience as an entrepreneur. And um, that was a wake up call too. It wasn't, it was simple, not, not easy. Uh, did that for about six years in sales, uh, produced at a, a pretty high level with a company called Keller Williams. Um, was able to move in some leadership opportunities in 2010. That's when I was introduced to coaching. And I worked with Keller Williams in leadership roles in various uh, brokerages across the greater Houston area till 2017. Uh, did a little bit of expansion team work with a Keller Williams team based out of Portland. I ran their Texas operation. And then we had a little storm called Harvey. <laughs> and Harvey dumped 52 inches of rain over Kingwood, Texas. That's where uh, my family and I reside. And the next six months just went blank. <laughs> and so it was an opportunity to either restart and building the expansion team or do something that I'd always wanted to do. And that was to own and operate my own business where even as a real, real estate agent, I was a 1099. I still worked for somebody. Um, in 2017, I made the decision to work for myself, uh, launched Red Hawk Coaching, and we just celebrated four years back in in September. I work primarily with real estate agents um, and, and some other small business owners. So that's that's what I do. I just call myself a coach. I'm a great person at asking questions. <laughs> nice. So obviously, you you just dropped your your book and it starts with survive. So what is, is that, is Harvey related to survive or? Uh, there's so many things. And, and I think as an entrepreneur, you, you look at, there's not just one time you have to survive. You're like surviving throughout it. Uh, there's been health issues. Um, 2012, I had a MRSA infection, nearly, mm -hmm. nearly lost my arm, could have lost my life and uh, spent a week in um, a hospital recovering from that on some last resort um, antibiotics. Um, so that that was a, a survival thing. Um, you know, I think back to 
Um, it wasn't, it wasn't me necessarily, but I lived in the environment, you know, my dad in the eighties the when there was the oil bust and um, his small business was greatly impacted. Um, you know, watching him survive that, you know, gave me some of the tools to be able to survive some of the things that I've gone through. Um, 2008 had a transaction that I was working on that ended up uh, becoming a lawsuit and went to court, went to the district court, went to the appellate court, went all the way to the Texas Supreme Court and uh, was relieved of all those things, but had to go through that, that process. Um, you know, survival and just launching a business and walking away from something that was very comfortable and something that I knew uh, to, hey, everything that I do now is because of what I'm building and those people that I'm surrounding myself with to help me build those things. Uh, so survival, I think, as an entrepreneur is not just a one-time thing. It's 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 going to be situations throughout that journey uh, that you're coming across. Nice. You mentioned um, people and and building a network, and so let's talk about connection and the value of connection in in building your business. Uh, connection is important. Uh, relationships are important. Uh, I, I think we're in a world that's you know the last few years have really been pushed to build connections through social media and online, and you know kind of remove that uh, necessity to build a relationship. And I think we're kind of circling back to that. Um, you know, I'm seeing that a lot more. In fact, the conversation we're having today and being able to talk with you was because of our relationship with Tony Watley, 365 Driven. And so relationships are very, very important, uh, whether it's people that are directly helping your business or indirectly helping your business. Uh, you know, I had the book launch just last, last week. I had several people that were not clients, not family, yet were supportive of me because of relationship that I, they helped me on that bestseller run. Uh, so as an entrepreneur, one of the things that I'd put at the top of if I'm going to, I don't like to say priorities because there's really only a priority, uh, but to put at the top is relationships and and nurturing those relationships in time. If you get to the point where you're very transactional, you'll always be transactional. You're always going to be chasing something. Whereas relational seems to be more sustainable, not seems it is more sustainable uh, for having that long-term success in your business. Absolutely. I think uh, relationships are just at the heart of serving humanity. And I think entrepreneurs are are the ones that are going to best <laughs> impact the world. And they're going to do that through through relationships, but through the problems that that entrepreneurs solve for people. So that's so important. So on the other side of connection is is your audience. And obviously, building your audience for your book sale, building your audience for your coaching. Um, what, what tools or what, what has been the, the most effective for, for building a following, for creating that influence? So this is going back. I just knocked social media, uh, <laughs> but going back and utilizing social media in a, in a way to, to positively grow your audience. I, I use, you know, here's one of the things, if you're going to use social media is use one or two of them. Don't try to do all 10 of them. I had somebody the other day that was like, okay, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Snapchat. And I'm like, you're probably not doing any of those well. Um, so, you know, focusing on one or two, I, I primarily do Facebook. Um, I do Instagram just because it's a one for two. I can post an Instagram, share it to Facebook. And I like LinkedIn and I like YouTube. Um, so, you know, doing that and then I use blogging um, as, as one of my big sources of connecting to audience. And so I take the same content and just repurposing it for for my blog. So I'm not going and creating something for each one is I'm creating something that I can can repurpose. And it saves a lot of time, energy and, and effort. Um, I do a monthly newsletter and that's kind of old school. It's email. Um, it was great when Facebook went down because I was like, OK, um, you yeah, know, I've got my email still going out and I've got a large following there. So. I, I think, and that goes to speaking of having a diverse way of, of touching your people and your audience is because if something does go down that's outside of your control, well, you have all these other touches that you're making um, somewhere else. You know, I talk with real estate agents, you know, I let them know you need to have 36 to 50 touches per year. And that seems overabundance of, of touches, yet 
you look at there's over a million real estate agents out there in the world that as soon as most of them get done with the transaction, you know, they never get the repeat business because they're not staying in touch. And so looking at different methods, whether it's making phone calls quarterly and, and the systems that are set up for that or a newsletter or, um, you know, having a, a system to where you can send out emails automatically, um, all those different things are really, really important. They do want to hear your voice, though. So that's definitely got to be a component of it somewhere along the way. So let's talk a little bit about what obviously you and I both understand the difference between building a relationship and, and having a transaction. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously in real estate, it's it's pretty easy, right? Hey, sold a house, boom, closing date, off we go. Mm-hmm. Um, what what makes it what do you need to do to make it a relationship? Uh, I, I think it's to be there and to, and to have the systems. You know, we talk about systems, having the systems in place to make sure to ensure that you're still following up. Uh, you know, there's different things that you can do after the deal. You know, you can check back in them, see see if they're loving the house. You can send them a vendor list because there's always going to be things that come up that they want to repair or, or do a remodel. And, and you can be the source for that. Um, it, always being in relationship with them to ask them, well, I know you're probably loving your house right now and you're not going to move. Who do you know that is making a move? And I did such a great job for you. I know you'd refer me. <laughs> and so you can't do that if you're transactional and you and you close the transaction. And then five to seven years later, when they make that decision to move, you're expecting them to use you They're Most of the time, they'll forget. And there's studies on that. They'll go back and ask, well, why didn't you use the previous agent? I, I don't even remember their name. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, who was that? You know, I, I, I can't remember. And it's all a, a matter of, of relationships. So it's having the systems in place in your business. Some of those can be automated. Um, you know, the reminders definitely can be automated. Yet yeah, some of them need to be you calling and just checking in on them. And that's what I, I tell them is to have caring calls and not even, you know, not even talk about the business, not even ask for the business. Just, hey, I was thinking about you today. And wanted to reach out to see how you are doing. If you need anything, reach out to me. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it and those aren't cold calls, right? I mean, that's that's keeping the relationship warm so that they recognize your name when it pops up on their phone, or recognize your voice when they hear you on the other end. Yeah, and when you're not always prospecting them and selling them after the transaction, I, I think it makes those calls easier. So when the when your number does pop up on the phone, they're not like. Uh, what is he going to sell me today? You know, what, what is it? What is he going to ask for today? No, you know, you need to have calls in there that you're truly working on the relationship. Or if you know of something that's important to them, an event that that might match up with that, just say, hey, I was thinking of you today. I saw this event coming up. You know, have you thought about, about going to it? So mm-hmm. uh, those types of things where they know you've truly tuned in to who they are as a person. And that's that's what relationship building is, is truly knowing that individual beyond just a transaction. Nice. So how, how did you develop your confidence as a, obviously as a real estate agent, you're, you're kind of out there on your own and, um, and, and you got to make those calls to build those relationships um, and, and meet people. Yeah. I think, you know, how I acquired it was just doing it. Um, you know, there's, there's there's a coaching will that says there's programming and then programming leads to thinking and thinking leads to feelings and then feelings finally lead to action and then action leads to results and the results either reinforce programming or changes the programming. I was the guy that just said, I'm going straight to action. You know, I'm just going to go do it. Forget about the thinking, forget about the feelings, because if you if you were to disc me, I'm a CD. So I would sit there and contemplate on this the whole time. <laughs> and I'd be like, well, that's not going to work, or let's build a system for that. And all the while, I'm going broke. And so I, I think just getting into action and going and doing it, sometimes it's messy. Uh, you can go clean that mess up. Yet you're going to have results. And action is going to lead to a result, whether it's a positive result or a negative result. Then you can make the changes and adapt there. Um, that's what gives you confidence is when you can actually go do it. You know, the, the other side of real estate is all the training and coaching. And, you know, a lot of that works on the headspace. And that's great. But until you have to go out and actually apply it, you know, the application, I think, is where you get the confidence. Um, I was I was 24 when I started. 
when I started in the real estate industry in 2004 in, in sales, I, I was probably the youngest in my office by almost 30 years. And so I was always called grandson or kid or, you know, it actually kind of fired me up a little bit. That probably gave me some confidence as well as just, you know, taking that energy and, and, you know, redirecting it to actually going in and getting results. Yeah. When you got that first result, the next one was easier to get. And then the next one and the next one. Absolutely. So obviously you mentioned the, the other side of learning, the other side of, of personal development, you know, is, is, is growing yourself. And obviously real estate offers that Keller Williams has great programs for developing people. Um, what other things have driven your personal growth? Uh, personal growth for me has just been investing in coaching. Um, you know, I've, I've been with a couple real estate companies, I'm no longer with real estate company. I focus hundred percent on, on coaching. And I've, once I've gone into the leadership route and into coaching, I realized that I probably should have a coach too. And I haven't since 2010 operated without having a coach. Um, sometimes I have two, sometimes I've even had three coaches and they're not all business coaches. Um, I, I hired a, a weight loss coach um, that focused on intermittent fasting. Um, I've hired coaches to a specific need in my business. And once they couldn't help me there anymore, or I was moving on to something else, I'd have to go find the coach that was, that was really good in that area. And um, so always, I've, I've always invested in myself in coaching and I always look for training opportunities too to get better. Um, and sometimes that's just going on to YouTube and finding something to, that I want to get better at. You know, sometimes, you know, I love to, to use my smoker. I have a Traeger. I know people <laughs> with green eggs hate that, but I've got it. <laughs> I've got a, I've got a Traeger and I want to get really good at that because I enjoy it. So I go and I take time and I study those things, the things that I enjoy. I like to play guitar. Uh, so studying those things, I, I think in order to be a successful entrepreneur, you've always got to be investing in yourself, whether it's hiring a coach or, you know, paying for training. Uh, there, there is going to be some cost to it. And sometimes it's financial. Sometimes it's time. Um, or both. Or both. <laughs> and, and either one of them, it's still, still going to be a cost or an investment is like, what I'd like to call it. it's an investment in yourself because an investment, a cost goes away. Like we don't want to see costs. We want to see things we get returns on and those type of things are where you get returns. Yeah. My, I, I love the conversation. Just, you know, who's, who's the greatest quarterback that, you know, that, you know, you know, and, and whatever quarterback they mention right now, did you, did you know he has a quarterback coach? Mm -hmm. So even though he's the greatest quarterback that, you know, did you know he's got a guy that's coaching him to be a better quarterback? And he's oh, probably – and that guy probably wasn't as good a quarterback. And they probably have a quarterback coach, and they probably have somebody that works with him just on mindset. Oh, they have, um, they have a dozen coaches probably, most of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, Tiger Woods has one for each club. Yeah. And so people just think, you know, oh, you know, he, he's the best quarterback. He doesn't need somebody to coach him, but he still has a coach coaching him as a quarterback because – they can see things right i i was equated to well they tell you to get outside the box but when you're inside the box the instructions to get outside the box are on the outside <laughs> and you yeah. need a coach to read those instructions for you yeah somebody will ask me well, what do you do and i and you know it's always it, that's the, the one question you always get when somebody's thinking about hiring you as a coach is well what do you do and they're looking for like a really fancy answer <laughs> and i'm like i i see your blind spots I point out the blind spots. I'm the guy that's 30,000 feet over the forest and helps you see through the trees. That's what I do as a coach. But I, but I make you see it instead by asking you questions rather than telling you what I see. Yeah, exactly. Because if you don't, if you don't get them to, that, that's the importance of the Socratic method, right? Like if you don't ask questions, they don't have the buy-in to it. They've got to come up with the idea where like training is like, hey, I'm going to tell you how to do something. And then you're going to go out and implement it. Coaching is like, well, I think that's a great idea. Have you tried it? Right. And, and they're like, well, I don't know. You're supposed to tell me, well, I don't know either. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's go out and, and put it to work and then measure the results. And then from that, come back and let's have another conversation about it. Well, that's where it, it goes from the Socratic method to scientific method, right? Mm -hmm. We've made a hypothesis. Just, you got to try it. It's an experiment. Um, and that's why 
the mindset space around failure is is so messed up because you know failure in science is an answer it's a it's a solution to you know our expectation and helping entrepreneurs to see that hey you tried it it didn't work try this right we're changing we're learning as we go we're figuring we're figuring it out and the faster we fail the faster we make these mistakes the faster we get the results that you want yeah and failure failure is only a problem this is what i tell my clients is it's only a problem if you keep failing at the same thing right then it's a mistake uh, you've got to you've got to be able to step back and, and and that's i think one of the biggest challenges today is people are moving so fast there's so much information thrown at you that one of the things I coach my clients on is, guys, you got to slow down and you've got to make time in your schedule to where it's just quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, ask yourself, what are, what are you doing well? What are you not doing so well? You know, what can you do better? Um, you know, right now, you know, I've got a client, they're just throwing darts all over the wall. It's like, slow down. And when we get them to slow down and start asking these questions and they start evaluating um, and making those decisions, those internal decisions, and then those internal decisions become better actions then you know great things can happen uh, i mean i've seen people completely change but you gotta slow down to do it well i mean you mentioned the client on 10 different social media platforms mm-hmm. you can't track your effectiveness on those platforms if you're on 10 platforms there's just no way you can be checking those numbers enough to be you know making effective posts and and, and getting effective results if you're spread out that thin just on social media, that doesn't even have anything to do with what you're doing in the rest of your business. Yeah, that's that's the the working on the job part, and, and sometimes I question: Is that really working on the job? You know, um, I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day, and they were like, I, I asked them the question. I said, "Well, so how many leads have you gotten from that social media platform?" Well, I haven't gotten any. I said, "Any indirect? Uh, maybe, maybe some marketing or something." I said, "But no direct leads." I said, okay, so what can you do right now where you can go get a lead? And they started giving me all these ideas. And I was like, so why aren't we spending time on that instead of 20, 30 hours a week, just kind of cruising social media thinking that's what's driving our business. Hmm, so good. <laughs> little direct, um, yeah. you know, but that's what coaches are for, right? Um, yeah. Sometimes you got to call them out. If this isn't working, why do we keep spending so much time doing it? <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned um, having coaches um, for, for an entrepreneur that, that maybe has one or two coaches, but wants mentors in their life. Um, how, how would you choose a mentor? And then, and then how would you, you know, ask them to be a part of your journey? Yeah, I think so. There, there's definitely a difference with mentor um, mentorship. Sometimes, sometimes there's money involved or an investment involved, and sometimes there's not. People just want to give their time. Um, so you, you'd have to be expecting either. Uh, the, the other thing is I'm going to go look for people that are doing it. You know, if, if I want to be at this level here, then I want to go talk to somebody that's been there or somebody that can get me through the things that need to happen to get there. Um, so, you know, sometimes, you know, I was, I was a successfully successful in my real estate business. I wasn't closing a hundred million a year, but I've coached people that do a hundred and 150 million a year. Right. But I'm going to go look for that person that's done it at a, at a fairly high level. Um, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to have a conversation with them. It's, it's a relationship based thing often. And, and I'm going to ask them and, and I'm going to say, you know, I know it's, it's an investment of your time. And I'm going to figure out a way to reward that. So um, because it's important to me, like if, if I want to be in a relationship with that person because I know they can get me there, I'm, I'm going to help them win too at some level. I don't know what it's going to be, but I'm going to find a way to help them win uh, because they're definitely going to take the time to, to help me as well. If they say no, and I've had that happen, I've gone to somebody and said, you know, I'd, I'd love for you to be my mentor. And they're like, it's, it's just not going to happen. And you know, you have to be okay with that as well. There's somebody out there and you, you've got to look and find that, that person. Uh, the biggest criteria though, is they've got to be somebody that's either done it or they know the path. Uh, that's who I want to be mentoring with. Like if, if somebody was closing $2 million in volume in real estate a year, I'm probably not going to go find a mentor 
to help me in my real estate business, I'd only close half a million real estate a year. That's a, that's like three deals in this yeah. town. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some, some are one, right? You know, so, you know, you, you look at that and I think that's the biggest criteria when you're seeking out a mentor is, is that being super respectful of their time and their energy that if they are to accept that, that they put back into you and, and find a way to reward them. Um, doesn't have to necessarily be financially. It could be giving of your time. It could be helping them on a project, uh, whatever the case may be, you know, find a way to help them too. Yeah. I, I, I like thinking about relationships and that goes back to even relationships with your clients and is, is it, it should be win-win, right? And, and relationships with your mentor should be win-win that, that you're providing value in, in some way back to the mentor. Um, and, and, at least in, in starting the relationship or, or as the relationship is, is ongoing. Um, yeah. And it doesn't always have to be money to make a relationship win-win. Um, yeah. There's lots of ways to, to add value to people you know, yeah. through how we treat them and, and how we talk to them and just how we support them, right? In, in, in helping them maybe build their business, um, those kind of relationships can, can add all kinds of value, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Truly like that. So we talked about personal development. Um, let's talk a little bit about character, right? That's at the heart of, of personal development. How important is character for an entrepreneur? It's hundred percent important. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, we talk about relationship and repeat and referral business is if you're not a person of character, it's just not, it's not going to happen for you. You know, you're, you're like that salmon that's swimming upstream. You're not going to get there. Uh, character is really important. Integrity is really important. Um, you know, high moral standard is important uh, because you're being evaluated all the time, whether you like it or not. Um, you're being evaluated. The, the, you know, the new thing now is social proofing. You know, people are going out and seeing, well, what are you posting? You know, what? And it's not saying that you can't have, you can't be free in your voice or say things that are important to you or have opinion. Just know that there are people out there always watching. And they'll make a determination based on that, whether or not they want to work with you. And so, you know, be a person of in character. Don't, you don't need to target anybody or take somebody down or, you know, they'll, they'll do that to themselves. You don't have to be a part of that. You know, they've, they've started those fires. They, they they'll burn them on their own. So, you know, I, I think being a person of a character, uh, being somebody that's respected, uh, you know, I think of Mattress Mac, he's, he's, uh, furniture salesman here in Houston has gallery furniture. You probably seen him made the national news with the Astros. He's betting that the team won. everybody that bought furniture during a certain point in time, you know, would get their furniture free. And so it's, he's really incredible. And, and he's a very successful business owner, but above and beyond that, he's a person of high moral integrity. And that's what I really think helps him be successful in his business because he is that person that's got that character and integrity. And um, is that is that answering your question? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I mean, obviously character can be grown, um, mm -hmm. but but it really does boil down to, you know, the decisions that you're making each day. Some people have talked about it being, you know, the things you do when you're alone or whatever, when, when no one's watching, right? But mm -hmm. But really, I think uh, at the heart of entrepreneurship is that self-integrity, right? That keeping your word to yourself, mm -hmm. because if, it's kind of like self-love. If you don't love yourself, nobody else is going to love you. If you can't keep your word with yourself, your chances are you're not going to keep your word with, with others for very long. Yeah. And so. Well, I, I always tell people, I said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. And that's, that's, that's final. And so, you know, and this comes up a lot when people are asked to do things. Hey, can you do this for me or can you do this for me? And we always want to say yes and people please. And, and we're actually hurting ourselves and hurting others because when we obligate ourselves to everything, um, we don't tend to do it very well or we start to let people down. So it's okay to say yes, but let that be your yes. And it's okay to say no and it's okay and let it be the no. Uh, that's just it's character and integrity. And I think people know in general, you know, there's not there's not this book that says right and wrong, you know, good and evil, well, the Bible. And uh, that's a whole different conversation we could have. But there's good and there's bad. And I think people know in general what those are. 
And like you said, it's, it's what you do behind the scenes. It's like, okay, I know I made a mistake there. I need to own up to that with my client. You know, um, I know I should have done this for my client and I didn't, I need to go back and find out how to make that right. And, you know, sometimes that's without the client even knowing or being aware. Uh, but how much more powerful is that to go back to him and say, hey, you know what? I made a mistake here and I'm going to make that right. I did this. I, I think that when we go back and tie it all back into relationship building, it, you just you just 10x your relationship right there. Um, because that's missing in our world today is people of high character and moral integrity. This episode is sponsored by Add Value to Life Coaching and their Inner Circle Team Coaching. With a new team forming in January, Limited seats are available. Apply during the month of December to be a part of this group coaching program. Add value, the number two, life.com. Well, and I think helping people know their values and their purpose makes answering those questions and being able to say no, you know, because you can say that's just not in alignment with where I'm going, right? To your, Even to yourself. You don't have to say that to the person, but mm-hmm. but it's easier to say no to something if it's clearly not it's not in alignment with my values or it's not in alignment with my purpose. It, it just doesn't fit where I'm going right now. That's a lot easier to say no, but typically we don't know clearly enough where we're going and we don't know our values or, or haven't identified our values. Um, and so the value of people pleasing rises to the top and you're like, Oh, I want to make them happy. Oh, I want to build that relationship. Oh, I want to. And, and we say yes. Um, and then we get involved. And of course we hate every minute of it because it's not in alignment with, our values and our purpose. Um, and, and so we, we push our way through it because we want to keep our word. Um, so I think knowing your values and, and knowing your purpose or the direction, you know, what you're striving for, you know, is this, is this a part of that and being mm-hmm. able to determine, because if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and when you're the recipient of the no, I always tell my, my folks, I said, no just means next. Right. There's there's always something else. And there's a reason why that was a no. Um, and a lot of times we're not even going to be able to understand why it was a no. And that's OK, because there's always a next. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and in sales, um, I was taught a long time ago that no lives in uh, yes, lives in the land of no. And so you better get used to no, because it's the only place you're going to find the yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. What was it? A thousand no's before you got to the one. Yes. Right. And, and, and some people are glad that he fought through it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't need that. <laughs> That's not going to be a part of my diet, but yes. Oh, tasty. Me neither. All right. I'm going to switch it up a little bit. I know you're, you're a family man, have a couple kids. And so what do you, what do you love to do in your free time? Um, free time. I love hanging out with my family. We'd like to travel. Um, in fact, we got uh, Branson set up for, uh, the summer and uh, we've got a trip down to Florida. We're still working on for the spring break. And uh, so we, we love to travel and have those experiences and create, create those memories. Uh, we've got a couple dogs. Uh, so we love our dogs. Uh, we've, we're doing a pool remodel. We just moved. So um, working on subcontracting that and getting, getting that done. So I like working on those type of projects and um, you know, we, Travel's our big thing. We, nice. we, uh, we try to do two to three, you know, one week trips every year. And uh, just, I, I think that's important as an entrepreneur. It's easy to get buried in your business and, you know, making sure you have that time cut out, especially if you have family. And even if you don't, if you have a spouse or a significant other, um, or you want to take your parents on a trip, whatever the case may be, is making sure you have that time cut out to do that uh, because we had talked about this uh, earlier on is you might not know if you've got tomorrow. So <laughs> make the most of today. Absolutely. So what was your most memorable date with your wife? <laughs> oh, great question. Um, most, most memorable date was the day I proposed to her. Mm. Um, so that we went to, we were both um, at the campus at A&M. And there was a show that night. I think it was Jesus Christ Superstar. I'm trying to remember the, it was a traveling Broadway play that was there. I'm pretty sure that's what, I should remember that. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot going on that evening. So it was hard to remember everything. But we went over to uh, Albritton Towers on campus. It's a bell tower, clock tower. 
that's on campus. And, you know, the, the story goes that if you walk, walk beneath it with your significant other, you're bound to get married. And so uh, we were walking back. I'd strategically parked way away from where we were watching the show. <laughs> and I knew we were going back there and uh, had my roommate set up a uh, oak table uh, with linen cloth and a uh, nice bottle of champagne and a dessert from her favorite place there. And uh, we walked over to the tower and she was like, ah, Jeremy, we can't, we can't go over there. There's something's about to happen. Somebody's doing something. I was like, no, we'll, there's nobody there now. We'll walk through and then we'll, we'll head to the car. No, we can't do it. Finally, I had to tell her. It's like, it's for you, you know? <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah. so that, you know, I think that's my most memorable, memorable date. Um, our, our goal is to at least have, and, and I haven't always been good at this and, and we'll be married 20 years um, here in May. Nice. And, um, you know, making sure that every week we have a date night. Hmm. And, it definitely gets easier. Our kids are older. Uh, I've got a daughter that's 15. She'll be driving soon. That's scary. Uh, I've got a son that's um, 12. And and so they're older now and more self-sufficient. We can leave them at home while we go out to dinner. And um, But we make a point that at least once a week we're, we're going out and having a nice dinner or going to a show or, or just doing something outside the house, just the two of us. Nice. That's so good. So mentioning your family, what does it look like to design a business around your family? It's the most incredible opportunity. It could also be the most dangerous opportunity uh, that you pursue is you, a lot of people will choose to, to start a business for freedom and flexibility and not necessarily the, that's not necessarily the right reasons to, to start one. And so you've got to make sure that you, you tra treat it like a job, like you have a calendar and it just instead of reporting to somebody else, you're reporting to yourself. And, you know, making sure you've got to be even better with your time management, uh, managing your calendar, managing. I've got my work calendar and personal calendar. They're both on the same calendar. So I can see all things going on at one time. Um, it's it's great because I've never missed a dinner and I don't know how long with my family at the table. Nice. Um, I make every single sporting event. Um I'm always available when I need to be because I can plan it out and, and work accordingly. Um, that's the, the biggest thing is, is managing your time. And in the hours that you do work, it's what are you doing? What are those activities that you're, you're doing? Uh, like my, my calendar, and this is not, this is not mine. This is my coach, uh, former coach Chad Himes. Uh, he's the co-host for the Wind Make Div podcast. He he's got a countering uh, that starts with the first thing goes under counter sleep. So mm -hmm. what time's your bedtime? What times? What's the time you wake up? And then everything else happens in between. So if you know Robert, you're going to have a great day. You know how many hours you need to sleep in order to get up and be able to have the energy to do that. So sleep's the first thing on the calendar. So good, so um, good. I love. Everybody talks about morning routine and all of these other things. I say. Sleep is first. You got to sleep before you can wake up, and 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 having a sleep routine is is one of my number one priorities for my clients as well. So I I love that. Yeah. Next thing would be rocks, and what what are rocks or things that you and I can't determine? Like today, I knew at this time I was meeting to do the podcast. It was a rock. It wasn't something that was going to move around. It was it was something that was set up on the calendar. It could be a doctor's appointment if you look at it from the personal perspective. You know, the doctor's not going to be like, okay, well, when do you feel like coming in? No, it's going to be set appointments. Um, if you're going to a conference, they're not going to move it because of you. Uh, so those things are rocks. They go, they go on next. And then my coach gave me the acronym of LIFE. So LIFE stands for love, um, this improvement, fitness and health, and then economic. Hmm. So you realize that love is your relationship. So making sure you have that date night making sure you have time set aside for your kids, making sure you're at the dinner table every night, you know, improvement, you know, if we're not learning, we're dying. So, you know, what are you doing every day? Even if it's 15 to 20 minutes, it could be reading a book. It could be watching a video, um, fitness and health. If you're not taking care of your fitness and health, you're not going to get very far down the path. Um, you're not going to have the energy to be able to help as many people as you potentially could. And, and potentially you could set yourself up for having a very short career. 
Um, so, you know, fitness and health is, is important. And I'll add nutrition to that uh, because 80, 90% is what we eat. And then the last is economic. So you notice all those things were scheduled before we even started talking about business, because here's what happens. If you don't schedule in that manner, yes, you could make a lot of money, but you're going to be very lonely at the top, or you might not make a lot of money and be lonely. Uh, one of the, or you make a lot of money and you die because you haven't taken care of your body. <laughs> you and your career, you know, self-inflicted um, because you just didn't take care of yourself. Um, so if you if you do it in that manner, it just makes life so much easier. Um, it makes life more enjoyable. Um, it makes as an entrepreneur, you know, a lot of reasons people pursue that to own their own business and not have to have somebody, you know, telling them this is exactly what you need to do. Um, having something to, as a system to, to schedule your time, that's that's key to be able to enjoy it. Do you get freedom and flexibility from that? Yes. But you have to first, you have to earn that by putting in the work. Hmm, absolutely. Uh, the freedom and flexibility comes from, from setting it up from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, the success comes from, you know, doing the things you know you need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like you said, you need that boss over your shoulder, then you know, you probably need to keep the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah. you're a terrible boss typically. <laughs> yeah, that's like when somebody asks me, "What well, I need? I need you to coach me because I need accountability." I'm like, "You've got the wrong coach. Right. I, you're uh, you're not going to be accountable to me. You're going to be accountable to yourself. And if you're not accountable to yourself, you can't be accountable to anybody. And um, so, you know, if you're in that position." maybe the job's okay. And I'm not one of those guys. It's like, Oh, the, 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 the corporate world is evil and, you know, small business is awesome. And I, I, I do favor small business a little more, but there are some people, they just need that. That's the environment they need to be in. And, and that's okay. Uh, just don't bring that into the small business world or you may be setting yourself up for, you know, we talked about failure, but the real failure. Right. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you're helping people scale, helping people grow. What what is what has been the impact of of being an author? I know it's been a small window so far, but <laughs> it's been since Friday, so I'm, I'm just getting a taste of it. Um, you know, it's for me, it's it was more of a personal thing. Uh, it, it'd been a goal of mine. I've always enjoyed writing. I like to blog. Um, you know, and it's about fulfilling my my mission to help other people soar in business and life. And that's great. I do it a lot one-on-one, -on -one, uh, small groups. Yet I wanted to find a way to where I can impact a, a bigger group of people and, and take it to the masses. And and one of the ways is by by writing a book. I'd watched uh, you talked about mentors. You know, Tony over the years being able to have those conversations. What a book's done for him. Um, I've had conversations with other individuals writing books, and and I I always knew in the back of my mind that it was. The next step for me in, in my business. Um, again, though, is a lot of it was personal, just being able to get my story out there, uh, be able to people to give a little bit of insight into who I am as a person. Uh, you know, I, I get, Jeremy, you're successful. And I'm like, yes, but you know, you're seeing the top of the iceberg, right? You, you see the things on top, but you don't see all the things underneath. And, and I think that's important for people to know. Uh, we always tend to see people post about their successes in social media and in blogs and in books and whatever the case may be, but they need to see the pain that that happens um, because if they don't have that, they're they're going to get that and maybe not necessarily know how to navigate it. And that's what I wanted this book to be was a tool to help people navigate through some of that stuff and be able to get. I, I have seven lessons in there, um, and it was really a book written for my kids. Hmm. You know, I, I wanted to leave it to them as, as, Hey, here's, here's, um, you know, some knowledge from your dad that's helped him be successful in life and, and success, you know, I don't equate it necessarily to being money, but make a lot of money. You can do a lot more things. Um, it can be just happiness and fulfillment and, you know, achieving those, those milestones in life. It could be going out, running a marathon, whatever the case may be, you know, success has a pretty broad measure in, in, in my world. And uh, so that was the main reason I, I wrote it was um, just to get it out of me. And second is to to give my, my kids a gift. 
and um, you know, hopefully be able to impact some others along the way. I, I posted this morning, I don't know if you saw it, I just posted in the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes before we got on, but it was a picture. I, I went out, we had an Amazon package on the porch and it had my daughter's name on it. And I was like, well, she doesn't, I don't think she has an Amazon account. So <laughs> I looked at it and she'd ordered my book. <laughs> and um, man, you, you talk about success and uh, an accomplishment is, it wasn't even the Kindle. She, she got the paperback. So she spent a whole four ninety nine dollars <laughs> to get that. Um, which for me was, it, it just reinforced the purpose of, of why I did it. Um, because I think I instilled the things in her that got her to think, maybe I should do that. And, nice. and so, you know, the book's really important. Um, I talk about clarity. I talk about not worrying about others, you know, takes work. We talk about failing. I talk about failing faster, uh, being the turtle, you know, slowing down, um, you know, smelling the roses and then, you know, getting out of the comfort zone. And, you know, leverage is kind of that next level. Like, you know, how do I free up the time to, to either go put more time back into family or more time into the, the business, you know, get, getting rid of some of the stuff um, that doesn't necessarily make money. Nice. Well, leveraging is, is paying attention to what's working, right? And focusing on that and, and getting out of those posting 10 places on social media <laughs> yeah. that exactly. is wasting time instead of making money. Yeah, those are, feel, those are feel goods. It's like, okay, I did it, you know, check it off. And, and I had a great day and it's like, yeah, but let's measure that back to results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's find that 20% that's making me the 80% of revenue and let's do that 80% of the time. Exactly. Yeah. Love that. So what inspires you? Um, I, I think in, in the business world, it's, it's my clients. Uh, you know, I, I've got some clients doing some really big things or they've had some really big successes uh, through our time coaching together. And, you know, when I might have a limiting belief, I just go back and say, well, you know, they did this through the coaching that I did. You know, what am I not taking in or absorbing or what do I need to go out and find uh, to be able to have, you know, similar results? Um, so it kind of gives you that self-awareness of, Okay, what am I? What am I doing to block myself? Uh, but that inspiration, you know, definitely comes from from clients. Uh, my my personal life, it's it's my my wife and my kids, and just knowing that every everything that I do every day is is for them. Um, it's that legacy that I'm I'm creating, and um, not not just financial, but you know, going back to character, and you know, going back to integrity, and going back to you know, understanding that it takes hard work, um, you know, all those different things, which are really counterculture today. If you, if you look at it and you're honest with it is you're told not to work and you're told, you know, we'll give you this. And we'll, we're told, you know, everybody gets a trophy and we're told all these different things that I think in time is really destructive. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, it, it takes away from our, our personal being and, and being, you know, the, the great creation that God's created us to be. And, um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, when is my inspiration is to be able to pass that down to my kids. So, so good. You mentioned uh, creativity and, and then our culture is, is, is really killing that. I think competitive mindset kills that. Um, mm -hmm. scarcity mindset, but then you mentioned the really big one and our culture is building and growing this, the victim. Yeah. 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 Lowest form on the ladder is victimhood. Right. And, you know, once, once somebody gets there and it's, it's, it's all on them. Like, yeah, that's, that's the thing with the victim is they're, all, they're always pointing to somebody. And the only way they're going to be able to get out of that is on their own. Like a, as a coach, I can point it out. I can ask questions. I can do all these things, but at the end of the day, they've got to choose. It's it's choices, hmm. uh, and life comes down to choices. And sometimes they're going to be good choices. Sometimes they're going to be bad choices. As long as we're evaluating our choices and, and making you know pivoting along the way, you know, we end up doing okay. Uh, but when you get to that place where you're a victim, it's it's everybody else's fault but their own, and they've got to make the decision. And and sometimes. Yeah, Robert, I've seen that they've got to they've got to get all the way to rock bottom. I mean, they've got to smash against the rock bottom to realize 
okay, I need to make a change uh, because only then um, will, will we see those changes. Uh, but I think it's our job as, as coaches, as mentors, as people that train. Um, I think it's our job to shout from the rooftops what it could be. Absolutely. And, yeah. But they've got, they've got to come along. They've got to make a decision to do it. And, and that's, and I've seen people do that. And that's some of my greatest accomplishments in coaching is when I, when I see that, not, not for myself, but to see them win, hmm. uh, to see them get out of it. And, and sometimes it just takes them, like I said, they've got to hit, hit the bottom uh, before, before they come up. End of the day, those choices. Uh, well, it's a hundred percent responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. It, they, it, there's a point and, and all of us give up responsibility in some area, right? Some domain of that life, you know, our family or our, our love relationships or our, um, you know, we're a victim of the school or we're, you know, we're a victim of this or that or the government and, and we're expecting somebody else to bail us out or fix it. Just like parents expecting the school system to educate their kids or, or the church to help their kids, you know, fall in love with God or, but ultimately we're a hundred percent responsible and, mm-hmm. and we've abdicated that responsibility. And now we're waiting for, you know, the Pied Piper to come by and give us all the, <laughs> give us all the benefits. But guess what? There are none. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's no benefit to being a victim. Yeah, no, there, there's not. And, you know, you, you look at that and it, it, it's, it's, it's the basis of communism, right? Where everything's given. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning and they were like, look at how many people died under that. And Mm -hmm. it's give everything over and you turn everything over because, you know, it's no longer my responsibility. And at the end of the day, it really is. And if we give that all away, there'll be nothing left. And as uh, as you give up the responsibility for food, guess where you're waiting to get food, your bread lines. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, growing up as a kid, my dad always talked about it. My dad was like, you know, we're going to, we're going to get back to that. You know, my dad was like, we're, we're going to get into a civil war, you know, and I'm, you know, as a kid, you just, you, you're like, okay, whatever, you know, things are good Saturday morning cartoons and, you know, all those different things. And then you get to a place where we are in our world today. And it's like, we're not too far from that. And, you know, I think as small business owners, as entrepreneurs, we have a responsibility to be doing what we need to be doing every day and educating others that want to be entrepreneurs. And, and because you look at the the backbone of our country, it's still small businesses. Absolutely. And, you know, it's our responsibility and our job to, to be able to do that, but we have to choose to do that. Well, and, and I think entrepreneurs are going to be the solution. Entrepreneurs are not only going to build businesses that help people and serve people and educate people, they're also going to be the ones that create the foundations and, and build the organizations that are going to solve these problems that our government is clearly not qualified to solve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's say the least. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, I think we have a huge opportunity right now and everybody's like, well, you know, it, it makes me mad when people say, well, America's dead and you know, America's not what it used to be. And I'm like, there's, there's an uprising. There's, there's, it's under the surface right now, but it's starting to bubble. And I, I said, there's, and I think small businesses are going to lead the way on that. I really do. Uh, just because the entrepreneur, they, they, they can move faster. They can change quicker. They can pivot. They think differently. Nothing's given to them. You know, most of it, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs say they're self-made. They are to a certain extent, but they do have other people that are helping them um, in some way, form or fashion, but they, they, they can take a stick and turn it into a book, you know, um, yeah, that's that's the way the entrepreneur is. And so I think there's a huge opportunity. I think there's shifts right now that entrepreneurs are realizing the importance of their role and they're they're stepping into it. I think more need to step step into it, but I'm definitely seeing it and I'm hearing it in my world, and I'm, I'm sure you're probably hearing it in yours of of people coming together and saying, Okay, we need to make the change. We need to be the change. Um, you know, be do have. We we yeah, need absolutely. to be the change to go do it. And then we could have, you know, the great, great country that we are, you know, well, so. I'm a firm believer that we are all born with a purpose and that purpose inside of us is to help humanity in some, in some way that's meaningful. Like your father's plumbing business. That's a, that's a, he's solving a meaningful problem and he's providing a meaningful service. And, and 
and I think entrepreneurs are the ones, like you said, they're the most agile. And when you figure out that problem that you can solve and you take action to start solving it and fixing it for people, that's that's creating the world, making the world a better place by taking better care of people. And and that goes from the education level to the service level to to making a widget that solves you know some great problem in their house. But I agree with you that entrepreneurs are going to be the ones that not only solve these these physical problems, they're going to be the ones that solve some of these attitude and issues and, and the the negativity that's happening because entrepreneurs recognize that it's not real. <laughs> it's these people are creating this this environment of fear and, and negativity that that isn't real. And we don't need to we don't need to be stuck in there. <laughs> and it's, and awesome. that's creating the victimhood. You know? Yeah. Falsified, yeah, falsified division and and all these other different things that that are put out there to to get into our mind to, to destroy. Um, and, and when you talk about that too, is is not only having the impact as a small business owner, you know, to other business owners and to the world. I, I think it's also having that impact if if you have kids, having that mm-hmm. impact with them and teaching them. Absolutely, um, I hear from my kids all the time. There's the there's the same thing that's happening in the world is is happening at the micro level at the high school. Of course. Yeah. And, you know, we have great conversations around that and being able to share some of the things that I'm doing and and why I'm doing and what does it mean and, you know, how it creates opportunities for our family and all those different things. The hope is, is that they do the same things in the future. So Absolutely. You know, I think there's an external and there's an internal uh, component to that. Nice. All right, Jeremy. So what's the big dream? Oh, the big dream. You know, <laughs> I'm one of those guys that I, I read John Maxwell and, you know, John Maxwell is the, the guy who wrote the book today matters. And, you know, you can't worry about what happened yesterday. It's already in the books. You can't be overly concerned about the future because we don't know if we have it. Uh, what happens uh, today is today matters. Now, what I'd love to be on stages speaking and impacting, influencing more people and and it's helping serve that mission and fulfill it 100 absolutely and I, I see myself on that path and on that journey to, to get there and doing the little things along the path uh, so that's that's where i'd see myself is just being able to have greater influence uh, being able to go out and share my heart share my business uh, be able to help others um, you know where they're at today and that kind of goes back to that today matters if i can help somebody at what's happening in their world today, then there's no telling what happens in their future. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously anybody listening, if you find a way to serve somebody each day, you're going to build a business and you're going to have a great deal of success. Um, and, and it's, it really is as simple as finding a way to serve somebody, help somebody each day. Yeah. Yeah. I believe in, in servant leadership and, and, um, you know, servant leadership doesn't mean you're always at the front. You know, sometimes it's at the back and, and you can serve back there as well. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, bringing people along with you and finding people, you know, just like in my health journey is I, I publicly put it out there because I know there's other people that are struggling with that. Mm-hmm. So use me as the example. You know, I don't mind being that. See how many people I can bring along with me. And if it changes just one person, you know, if it just changes one, I've, I've done my job. Absolutely. All right. So young entrepreneurs sitting across from Jeremy, you've just finished your, your coaching session. You want to leave him with your words of wisdom. <laughs> so, so we always end with an action plan. Uh, if, if you don't have a coach that doesn't give you an action plan at the end, you probably don't have the right coach. So always, always an action plan. And I ask for their takeaway, ask takeaway from the call because I want them because there are, there is some telling a lot of discovery, self-discovery. Uh, we're working through that, whatever their challenge is that day. I always like to end it with what, what's your takeaway? And oftentimes they come up with something that they, it was locked in. You could tell it was locked inside. They knew it the whole time, but it surfaced it. And now they can address it. And then we create an action plan around it. And then, then I send them on their way and just let them know, Hey, We'll get through it. We'll be here next week. We'll dive into it. We'll reevaluate and we'll just keep moving forward. So uh, take away action plan, encourage them and just let them know that I'm always here for them. Nice. 
Jeremy, thank you so much for this call. It was a great conversation, and I think you shared a ton of wisdom. Robert, I appreciate the invite, and uh, thank you, and I hope I, I'm able to impact somebody. Like I said, even if it's one, I've done my job. I hope it's more than that, but absolutely. If you enjoy the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvalue2entrepreneurs.com. Our Cyber December deals include one-hour coaching slots for only $97. That's a 75% savings. And we're launching new Inner Circle Team Coaching in 2022. Applications are open in December at addvalue2life.com. In our next episode, Bob Berg and I have a great conversation about his book, Endless Referrals, which led to the creation of the Go-Giver series written with John David Mann. We talk about the background of the mentor relationship and share some ideas for finding your own mentor to create the life that you want. <music>